Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. And welcome to the show today. Holocaust Remembrance Day is coming up in a couple of days. And it, I believe, is on Sunday. And I thought we would take the opportunity today uh, in commemoration of that to speak with a dear friend of mine, Helen Goldenberg, who lived here in Fairfield County in Weston for many, many years until relatively recently, moving herself and her family down south, and we miss her. And Helen's mom was a survivor of the Holocaust. And I met her, what, Helen, at least once or twice, and she was, uh, she lived with Helen for many years. It was a wonderful, wonderful daughter to her. Helen Goldenberg, welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show today. I want to tell the story of your mom. Thank you, Lisa. And thanks for, it's very important for me to share my mother's story, especially on this uh, Remembrance Day. So um, my mom, well, yeah, tell me, yeah. tell me, what was her name? Let's start with her name and where Ma- she was born yes. and all of that. Uh, Margot Hopfer, and she was born in Würzburg, Germany on January 2nd, 1926. Okay. And Würzburg was a, a city, um, a nice city. And she lived in an apartment building with her mother, her father, and a younger brother, Ralph. And her mother's family had a very prominent jewelry store in Stuttgart, which was about an hour and a half away. Uh, her father was a textile salesman and a decorated World War I hero. And my mother's childhood was a happy one until around 1936, when things really started to get ugly. And uh, there was a lot of discrimination against Jews. And um, she couldn't play with her friends anymore um, that weren't Jewish. So that was difficult for her. And she was young. And on November 9th, 1938, uh, Kristallnacht which is the night of broken glass occurred, where thousands of Jewish businesses, uh, homes and synagogues were ransacked and 30,000 Jewish men were arrested and incarcerated in concentration camps. Her father was taken away. Um, His name was Ludwig Oppenheim. And the rest of the family was marched through town, even though, you know, in nightgowns, whatever they were wearing, it didn't matter. And uh, her father never imagined, or the family never imagined, that the country that he defended would eventually turn against him. Um, one of the stories I remember my mom telling me 
because as a child, I didn't want to hear those stories. It was really upsetting. And I, really? Yeah, I did. You know, like looking back, I wish I heard all those stories. But and she she was American. She didn't want to talk about that stuff. That's she, you know, very common. Be, yeah. And um, and my brother was eight years older. And so he didn't want them to even have, you know, talk German in the house. So but one of the stories I really remember her telling is that there was a neighbor who reported to the Gestapo that my that my grandmother was playing the piano to celebrate when the news of the assassination of a German embassy official in Paris was reported. They didn't even own a piano. So people were turning against other people. And that was really difficult for her. To, to know and then you know and to remember as a you know she was 11 years old at the time and then the family learned through someone that um, my grandfather was murdered just a few days later in the Buchenwald concentration camp and so, so he was picked um, up he was picked up during yes. Kristallnacht and they were already exterminating yes. Jews yes there was something called Schutzhaft which was a, a political roundup and they, you know, they they just use that as an excuse, and they use the murder of that um, embassy official as the beginning of, you know, why they were rounding these people up. And um, so, and then, and we're supposed to say murdered. It was, you know, they were murdered. And that's, uh, but um, her relatives who lived in Stuttgart came to get them to keep them safe and out, away from this area. Um, and um, a Jewish organization found out about them and enrolled my mother, Margot, and her brother, Ralph, for the kinder transport to England. Wow. And the kinder transport program evacuated 10,000 Jewish children by train from all Nazi-controlled areas to England between 1938 and 1940. Mm. And at that point, the kids are going off on train, and they have no idea if they're ever going to see their mother. And they don't speak English. Right. They, they right. only speak German. So, yes. right? Yes. So um, it was, you know, obviously very difficult. And my mother, you know, took care of her brother because he was, you know, younger than her. And unfortunately, their experience in England was not a good one. Now, a lot of people, I mean, the program itself, like, obviously, she was able to escape. Right. Saved her life. Right. So, she, you know, always she told the story about the witch. That's how, you know, she called the woman there who was a witch. And, you know, uh, English families who fostered these kids were giving an allowance. And this particular family thought the allowance was more important than the kids' welfare. And they only got scraps of leftover food. And she also tried to convert them. Um, she was Baptist, and she tried to convert them. But somehow, now my mother's 12 at this point. Mm-hmm. She was able to convince the local Baptist minister to sponsor her mother to come from Germany to England to live and work for him as a housekeeper. And, she, and Jews could still get out? She still got her mother um, out? She, I think because, they, because he was, uh, a Baptist minister was sponsoring her. Wow. It was very hard. It was very hard, yeah. And um, my mother knew at this point that the foster home was not a good situation. So she devised a plan. She had a letter from Germany uh, and she she had some German letter and she showed it to the woman and said, hey, um, we have to go to London. Uh, My mother and my brother and I have to go to London. And so they all went to London, not knowing what they were going to do when they got there. And they sat crying at the station and a kind Jewish man brought them to a hostel 
And somehow, you know, this this is when I really would like to know the real details. Her mother was able to get in touch with the wife of the doctor back in Würzburg, who happened to know someone from Baltimore. And that person <laughs> agreed to sponsor them as they, long as they never got in touch with them again. Now, I would love to find out who this what do you person mean? was. What do you mean? You mean to come to the United States? To come to the United States, they would sponsor them as long as they never got in touch with them. So they got the letter saying they were sponsoring them. Right. And but it was like, we'll sponsor they, you. We'll give you, we'll lend right. you our name, but don't knock right. on our doorstep. We don't have the means. Right. We don't have the, we don't have the will. We don't really want right. to sponsor you. But that letter was everything, Helen. Right. And it was in Baltimore, but they ended up in New York. I mean, they have, you know, I have the uh, um, paper from the, you know, what boat they were on. And um, so they ended up in New York City. And um, unfortunately, the rest of the family, because they owned a jewelry store, they were well-to-do. They never thought that they had no way of getting out. They remained in Stuttgart and including her 80-year-old grandmother, were all deported and eventually murdered in Theresienstadt and Auschwitz. Oh, my God. And then we, they were we, all killed? To, all killed. I went back to Germany, oh, and um, there's some historians um, there who took us to, they've made this, you know, this train station, and you could see all the names of the people who were deported. Oh, my God. Uh, so my mother you're... never wanted to go back, but I felt it was important to... to you went. Um, Show, I went to Theresienstadt. That's the only concentration yeah. camp I went to outside Prague. Joanna yeah. and I took, um, I think it was a train or a bus, and we spent the day there, and it's imprinted on my brain. We went about, I guess now, about seven, eight years ago, imprinted on my brain. Yeah. yeah. And wow. um, she, so um, she would uh, frequently tell her story in my children's uh, history classes, Um there was a, an incredible uh, teacher, um, who um, Gina Bennett, in Western schools, who um, had a um, facing history course that was incredible. And my mom would come in and talk, and she told, taught everyone that we should all be tolerant. And despite the horrors she endured, she was the kindest woman, and she had no prejudices. Isn't that marvelous? Um, yeah, she. Um, she actually knew my, my father was also German and she knew him. He was an apprentice baker and he came to her hometown, uh, to be an apprentice baker. And then they reconnected when they came to the States. And my mother worked in bakeries all her life and didn't retire until 83 and, uh, was known as the cookie lady and loved everybody. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. We're chatting with Helen Goldenberg about the story of her family. So your father... Would he be considered another Holocaust survivor then? Did he have his story well, he, about... You know, I guess, I guess he is. I mean, I have his passport. And, you know, I don't know if you know that all the uh, passports I, um, have a big red J on them, um, the Jews. And they were given... Uh, the women were all given Sarah as a middle name. My mother did not have a middle name, but on her passport it has her middle name. And my father also had a middle name, but they gave him Israel. So all Jewish men had an additional middle name of Israel. And, and who gave, and, who gave um, them that name, Helen? You mean the German oh, government? They, yes, yes. On their passports, they gave them and they wrote down. That's crazy. Their name. Wow. And um, he was at, his brother came earlier. Um, the fascinating thing about my father's hometown was in the middle of the Black Forest, a very small town where the, the, everybody got along and um, there was no prejudice. And um, they, they knew to get people out of Germany. They, there's, an, there's engraved on a uh, tree is the name of the people that they sent, the men that they sent to Israel. And they started a kibbutz, and that kibbutz is still in existence from my father's little hometown in the middle of the Black Forest. Amazing. So really um, the story is that in the midst of this horrible thing with so many bad people, your particular family survived because of the kindness of strangers and people that knew them. The the, the kinder transport is a perfect example of the kindness of strangers, right? Which we do on Fridays because you think about these people in England, they're struggling to survive. They don't know if they're going to beat the Nazis. They're the only country in the world that has the courage and the leadership to say, no, we're not going to be taken over. We're not the French. We're not the Dutch. We're not anybody else. We're not letting you roll over us. Um, And, in the middle of that, they're working on saving Jewish children. It's pretty remarkable. It is very remarkable, very remarkable. And, and you know, despite the fact that she had a bad experience, she ended up, you know, in, in a good situation. Uh, and she made the most of it. But what's, what boggles the mind for me is that at 12, she had the, the, the common sense, I mean, to learn language, to devise a plan, to get her mother out of That's Germany. That's extraordinary. Um, and, and uh Yeah. And And it says a lot about her mother, your grandmother, that she was willing to say to herself to look up at the stars, goodbye, my children, right? Goodbye, my kinder. I need to know that you're safe. I I'm not listening to the people around me, my relatives and friends who are telling me everything's going to be okay. I'm taking a pretty, pretty big risk to put my children's lives in the hands of strangers but I believe this thing is only going to get worse. It's not going to get better. And right. that was pretty remarkable. But that was because her husband had already been killed. So she was already traumatized. Yes. She knew. Which yeah. is why I think that's my mother seemed to imply the reason they were able to get out is they were considered orphans in a way. Mm, I, yes. I'm not sure how they, I guess I could research that further, how the kids were selected to go on kinder transport. As a matter of fact, I think there was, 
some celebration. And I can't imagine there's that many people who who are still around who were on the kinder transport. But I think there was a big celebration of, of honoring those people recently. And um, yeah, it was it was the the kindness of other people. And what are the lessons that your mother? You say your mother grew up without prejudice, with kindness in her heart, and she's taught you to be a remarkably kind person, too. I know that. And you've helped so many people, even through your occupation as an occupational therapist, all the people you've always helped. But what what were some of the lessons that she taught you about being Jewish as a Jew? Did she did she impart certain, you know, certain pearls of wisdom that you take with you in your core? Um, yes, you know the the kindness uh, part. You know, um, uh, we're quite observant. Um, we have a lot of traditions, and tradition is really very, very important. So, uh, the you know doing the same things every Hanukkah, you know, on, on Rosh Hashanah, doing the same prayers, doing the same, uh, eating the same foods, just remembering those kinds of things uh, was really very important. And to be kind to other people. I mean, you know, there's. You, it's it's unbelievable how she was just so good to everybody. Even my my friends from childhood. I had a friend whose parents were in Auschwitz, and they they had difficulty becoming Americanized. And so she relied upon my mother. My mother was just so uh, good to her, and um, you know she she still talks about how kind my mother was to her and helped her, and you know everybody. And of course. Think of all the thousands of people that she came across in, you know, in working in the bakery and feeding, you know, feeding people. Like, yeah. Feeding, feeding people and putting people a smile on their face. Who doesn't have a yeah. smile on their face going to a bakery? I mean, really? And the cookie lady. She was yeah. the cookie lady. I mean, I knew, you know, everybody, I knew what everybody liked, the cookies everybody liked based on, you know, what she said, oh, he likes, you know, so-and-so and, uh, and, and people. And she loved she especially had a lot of artists and um, people from Broadway who would come to her bakery. And so she would she would work at 6 a.m. on Sunday mornings because that's when they would come in. And she loved that that time. And she had so she touched. Where so was the lives. bakery, Helen? Where was it? It was on, in Washington Heights. That's where she ended up uh, living all, most of her life. They so that's where you grew up. And, yeah, and that, I grew up in Washington Heights. But yeah. And when they came to this country, my grandmother was a cleaning lady and my mother worked in a chocolate factory and then she always worked in bakeries. And uh, then my grandmother had um, rent, uh, like uh, renters. She had, um, uh, she had people coming in, staying in her apartment. You know, she had two uh, people who would, you know, stay. Right, to make ends and, meet. Uh, right, borders yeah. or whatever we would call them. Borders, that's yeah. it. Yeah, that's it, uh-huh. yeah. We're chatting with Helen Goldenberg about her mom, Margot Hopfer. Is that her name? Margot yes, Hopfer. Hopfer. Yes. And she passed away. She lived to be a good long age, didn't she, Helen? Not long enough. 93. 93. Yeah. 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 And uh, what's interesting is uh, we had, um, through uh, my work at uh, Visiting Nurse and Hospice, um, we had volunteers, and it turned out one of our volunteers grew up in my mother's town in, in Würzburg and knew uh, my mother had an episode once where she said, I think I have dementia. I can't remember my first grade teacher. I said, oh. Mom, that's not really dementia. <laughs> so, of course, we called we called Inga over, and Inga said, oh, it was, you know, Mr. Sh- whatever his name was. And she said, oh, yeah, I remember he did this, oh, this, and this. Oh, that's funny. Said, 
But um, yeah, Inga was a great. Uh, they they reminisced about the good things in 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 their hometown and the the memories of you know good memories, which is you know what she really wanted. I wonder what your mother would think today. Can you hear her voice in your head? What she would think today of this recent emergence in the incidence of anti-Semitism, particularly on college oh, campuses and other places? Very disturbed. Very disturbed. She was a, a news junkie. She would watch everything, and, and she would really be upset. And that's why um, I feel it's very important to continue on her story and hope that by remembering we will never forget and we will do things to prevent you know, things like this happening. But it's, 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 a, it's a sad time in, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we will emerge. We will. We will emerge. emerge. We will emerge. emerge. But that's what she always, I mean, she was so, even when, when, you know, she came to the school and, you know, they expected, oh, this old German lady telling the stories and they were fascinated by, and how much interest she had in in culture. And she was very cultured and every, every aspect of the communities, any nationality, she was, you know, very um, tolerant of. Mm-hmm. Well, Helen Goldenberg, I'm I'm so glad that that she survived, that she survived with her wits and her and her character intact, because yes. that's not obvious, right? From this kind of thing right. at an early age to learn what people are capable of. They kill your father, they exile you from your country, you end up here, there, and everywhere but you end up with a smile on your face making cookies for people. It's a pretty, it's a pretty positive story. It's a pretty uh, amazing, redeeming story, actually, about the capacity of humans. Yeah. And yeah. she raised you to be so loving and kind too, Helen. So thank you. Thank, thank you for has. joining us today. And oh, we, thank you so much, Lisa. Great yeah. talking to you. Wonderful. Thank you Just for having wonderful. me. Wonderful. Pleasure. Okay. We'll be right back with more of the Lisa Wexler Show. Stay tuned. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to health care, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit UH1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at lisa at lisawexler.com.